Well, it is official. This week marks the one-year anniversary of the World Health Organization officially naming the COVID-19 outbreak a pandemic. The saying goes, time flies when you're having fun, but this year shows that time flies just as fast when you aren't having that much fun at all either. Welcome to this week's episode of Legally Speaking WTF. As March is International Women's Month, this episode will be dedicated to all the talented, intelligent, and hardworking women of the workforce. Troy, what will we be discussing today? Thanks, Joy. Today we're going to talk about the challenges and those challenges that have been overcome by women in the workforce and and what challenges remain and how we might be able to approach those. Fantastic. Well, I look really forward to talking about that. I think it's going to be a great episode and very timely given uh, what we're going to be talking about for a majority of the episode, which is the tweet that I'm sure most of you all have seen by now from the UK office of Burger King. Uh, But before we get into it, I want to make it clear that you are all listening to Legally Speaking WTF. We are a podcast that sets out to examine, question, cross-examine, and hopefully reach a verdict on many of the complex puzzles we witness in employment and healthcare law today. For those of you that hear that beautiful sound, the universally known love language of law, and fear that you've been charged with listening to yet another boring podcast, we plead not guilty. We are here to be a reputable but enjoyable source on helping you navigate the puzzling legal landscape of the workplace and healthcare. My name is Joey Ski, and I'll be a key witness in today's discussion. But now, it is my pleasure to call to the stand our lead counsel on these matters and the man behind the podcast name. You're listening to the one and only Legally Speaking with Troy Foster. Welcome back, everybody. As you know, we like to start these important and serious conversations with a little bit of humor or our attempt at it uh, to loosen up and remind everybody that people make mistakes in life and that just happens. So uh, that doesn't make them right or anything, but sometimes it makes them fun. Uh, But accepting them, communicating about them is all all more important here. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Joey, what do you have for us? So for this week's episode, we will actually not be doing a video for the first time. Instead, we will be approaching a tweet released by the UK Burger King, as it is a perfect example of kind of approaching everything we will be discussing. This tweet was posted on Monday of this week, which was International Women's Day, and it reads as follows. Women belong in the kitchen. That was the headline, which was then followed with, if they want to, of course, yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. We are proud to be launching a new scholarship program which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. So Troy, I mean, after hearing that tweet, as an HR professional and an employment lawyer with years of experience, give it to me straight. What are your thoughts on the tweet and the campaign they're promoting behind it? Well, I think the campaign is awesome. Um, having a company like Burger King push to try to give more opportunities to women in the workforce where they're already underrepresented is excellent. Um, the marketing piece, I know that there was a lot of controversy about it um, with that beginning women belong in the kitchen as kind of a teaser. Um, I personally found it great from a marketing standpoint. Um so I, I didn't really fall in line with uh, a lot of the critics 
And maybe that's just because I'm old or it's a generational gap, but I thought it was great. And I think they followed up and were uh, a little bit more careful afterward. And I think both are, are great. I, I'm excited about this. All right. Well, so let's take a few step backs before we get into the actual tweet itself and the 21st century dynamics. What is the general history of women in the workplace? And let's say like even with these forms of kind of stereotypical jokes about them being in the kitchen, what uh, what is the history of women in the workplace? What were some of the major milestones, setbacks you've witnessed and key characters that helped change those? Well, I think what's interesting and it may have answered my own question as I thought about this is why I'm, I wasn't um, jarred by it because I think of myself as a pretty progressive guy, given what we do. I think that the reason why is because we've come so far that this type of tweet can be funny um, back in, you know, and, it, and it's still, there still are struggles. Uh, don't get me wrong. And some people still believe that quote. Uh, and women are underrepresented. So it shows that there, it, it is true in practice as well. But it's obvious Burger King doesn't believe that. You know, they are all about people in the workplace. And so some of the major things that we've seen, uh, whether it's the Lily Ledbetter Act or whether it's seeing, uh, you know, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a huge advocate and should be celebrated uh, this month and, and going forward. Uh, but she was a huge advocate for women's rights and equality and made huge, huge roads and inroads, I mean, for for those folks. So if you look at her, you look at um, others that are trying to finally have the Equal Rights Amendment ratified. Uh, and, and you look at some of the, even in Arizona, we just had a Arizona Civil Rights Act modified and signed into law that expanded protection for women. So I think we see a lot of progress, and that's why I think some some companies like Burger King uh, can poke fun at it because it we have success and we have some um, milestones that we've we've achieved, and so we can poke fun at it a little bit while we're working at it. No, I mean I I do completely understand where you're coming from, and I'm very interested to kind of get into this because. Obviously, circling back to that tweet, it was supposed to be a shocking tweet that draws attention to an underlying problem. I mean, you see it all the time in marketing and shock value. And I mean, honestly, it got an incredible amount of attention. So for attention, so from a marketing standpoint, besides the general backlash from the public, I think it was very successful in disseminating information about their program. However, that was obviously uh, at the cost of some real public outcry against the tweet, which could ultimately be negative. But they doubled down and responded to this criticism by saying, why would we delete a tweet that's drawing attention to a huge lack of female representation in our industry? We thought that you'd be on board with this as well. We've launched a scholarship to help give more of our female employees the chance to pursue a culinary career. Then they moved on by saying, we hear you. We got our initial tweet wrong and we're sorry. Our aim was to draw attention to the fact that only 20% of professional chefs in the UK kitchens are women and to help change that by awarding culinary scholarships. We will do better next time. So in your opinion, when they say we will do better next time, what are some of the ways that this tweet failed, if there are any in your opinion, but how is it important that, as you said, 
you believe that you've seen and the workforce in general in your career has seen enough progress that this is something that when you saw it, it was pretty clearly a joke and not at all a fact. So where's that line in terms of your experience? Well, I think it's hard to say because um, having been in the workforce for a long time now, um, I have when I first worked at a law firm, uh, I, I will tell you that even before that, when I clerked for a judge, there were many, many male judges on the federal courts compared to relatively few women. Uh, the same was true of the clerks for the judges. I was uh, in the majority, obviously, being a white man uh, as a clerk. And then when I went to law firms, there were, there were women there, but they were not um, represented in the partnership well. They were definitely not uh, managing partners of the firms. And that over my career has changed significantly. Um, so we've seen that uh, in, in a lot of different industries, not just the legal one. So I think we have to embrace that, know that we have other challenges ahead, but we can't live like we are where we were 20, 25 years ago. That's not to say we ignore it and we sit on our laurels and say, hey, we're in a good place. Let's just move on to the next difficult topic. Uh, no, we still have work to do and uh, we should get to it. But I, I do think that it takes away, and this is the main point that I want to, to share with you, Joy, is I think it takes away from true problems that are still before us. And it undermine it makes it turns people off of hey well wait a minute there are a lot of things that we can be proud of as far as progress uh when we show so much uh disdain uh over something that was clearly a joke and i think was funny yeah i mean from my perspective i can say that i i personally thought it was a very eye-catching statement that draw drew attention to the underlying issue, which is the lack of representation, not necessarily just the bad tweet, but take it at taken at surface value. No one really. Uh, I mean, obviously, I can say that a majority of all the women in my life weren't pleased with it. So I don't. Uh, as a man, a white man too, I don't know exactly what value my opinion puts forth on this topic. But I will say that I think it's very interesting, and I'd like to drill down a little deeper. Is do you think that the actual benefit and the importance and the beauty of what Burger King was trying to accomplish with the scholarship itself got ne negated on the public sphere and they forgot about the good that's trying to be done. I mean, everyone says Burger King made a huge mistake, but I, they were trying to do something good. And I think, what is your opinion on that? Using shock value to kind of draw attention and these offensive hooks, which this statement could be easily construed as a misogynistic statement. What about the problem of misrepresentation of good in the workplace? If that question makes sense. Yeah, no, I think it does make sense. I think you don't want to manipulate or uh, take advantage of a, a real problem uh, by, you know, making light of it. Uh, and, and I don't think that's what Burger King was doing here. But like you, I, I try to think of other things. What if they had made a racial comment while trying to help African-Americans uh, and saying something, you know, racist about where African-Americans belong? Would 
would that have stung uh, it, when I read it? It might be, it might have felt differently. And I don't know if that's because uh, we see a lot more problems when it comes to race equality than we do gender equality um, or not. And so I don't know, but I, I think it comes down to this. I think that if we aren't communicating and aren't understanding that people might be offended and aren't responding appropriately, then we have a problem. So even though I thought that this tweet was pretty innocuous, uh, the fact that others didn't, I want to hear about it. I want to hear why they were offended. I want to understand where they come from. And if I was Burger King, I would do exactly what they did, which is, hey, sorry, we got it wrong. Um, and we, we didn't mean to offend. We were trying to highlight this. I think that's perfect. I mean, they handled it, I think, perfectly because they listened and they responded. And I think that's what has to happen uh, all throughout uh, when we're talking about gender equality issues. I think it's very important, and we constantly return to this idea, is the importance of communication, and a severe communication breakdown is anger. It very it very frequently negates any type of forward progress in any discussion entirely. So let's move away from the inflammatory tweet for a little while and kind of talk about the actual inequality that exists in the workplace. I mean, I was reading a study by McKinsey that showcases a very drastic comparison between men and women in the workplace. It states that women are less likely to be hired into entry-level jobs than men, even though they currently have the exact same qualifications. That is what the study was looking into. So throughout your career, what ways have you seen this? Well, Joey, this is true. I mean, McKinsey is not alone in providing this data and showing that there is a gap. And we've talked about the gender pay gap before, uh, but this extends to all places in the workforce with uh, women and men. Uh, we have seen it narrow. We have seen uh, women, it used to be, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that there wasn't as much equality in education. There wasn't as much opportunity for women to get the higher level degrees uh, and that, so that was a barrier, which I think we've seen by having people, you know, looking at more women actually in school, getting these degrees, uh, we we've crossed that path. So that's no longer a barrier, but we still have to remember that, that the workplace is, and we still have to make sure that we're talking about uh, the fact that there is this divide and it's gotten better, but it's not, it's far from over. I remember, I think uh, we may have talked about this before, but I I have been, was blessed to have Justice O'Connor, you know, our first uh, U.S. Supreme Court justice that was a woman, uh, a family, be a family friend. So I had the privilege of talking to her about her struggles in uh, her career. I mean, she, they wouldn't hire her after she graduated first in her class from law school in Stanford. Um, they hired her as a legal secretary. Um, and when I talked to her about these things, she said, you know, you just, you, you have to understand that people are where they are and meet them there and keep talking to them about the struggle. Um, you can't ignore it. You can't avoid it and you have to work within it. Um, and I think those are words that, you know, I have taken to heart throughout my career. And to continue with that, I mean, 
personally, I've seen your career develop as I grew, as you are also a family friend of mine. And what ways does the foster group fight these type of inequalities? Yeah, so I, I think that, again, just piggybacking off, one thing that Just O'Connor said to me was that being a lawyer is a privilege and with it comes a responsibility to dedicate that power to helping those that are most uh, of need in the community. And so that's what we do. I mean, I think we focus on, and it's case by case, person by person, but the cases that we look to and that we work on are those of folks that are being treated unfairly, unequally because of who they are, because they're women, because of their race, their gender, their background. Um, those are the types of inequalities that are rooted in society that we need to work to say, like with, with, with the gender issue. I want to say 15 years from now, the foster group was part of a fight that makes it a better place uh, to work and easier for those vulnerable in, in the population to uh, get a better shot. Well, I would say that thus far from my experience, you are very much accomplishing that, and I hope to see very much the same. So, I mean, on a personal level, what kind of office implementation do you have for equal opportunity in the foster group itself? Not necessarily uh, the work you do, but the business you own as a business owner. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we're not a huge shop, but... Um, you and I are the only men that work at the foster group. Um, and that's with some purpose. Uh, I, I think that having all diversity uh, is, is important. And that's what we look to within the firm. The other thing that we do, though, is we select vendors. And, and this is something employers can do that, that want to be proactive. We, we have a bunch of vendors that we have to choose from. And we look for diverse uh, diversity within those vendors, uh, people that are LGBTQ friendly, uh, folks that have policies against harassment in the workplace that include sexual orientation, uh, folks that actually have women at the head of the of the chart. Um, those are the types of things that we do when we look at selecting vendors, and we hope that others uh, join that and it makes an impact because we'll tell people, hey, you know what? You guys probably had the best price and we know your service is good, but we're looking to diversify the folks that we pick. And we think you need to come back to us when you have a woman or you have someone else who's qualified uh, to represent your company that has a little bit of diversity there. No, I think that's a very important ideology to adopt young and early is the fact that a lot of the votes you make in everyday life are with the people you organize yourself with, whether that be financial decisions or personal decisions. And these type of decisions do have impact and going with the more diverse option that is very much more accessible to people of color, LGBTQ community, those decisions will help actually make these changes as with to return back to the Burger King, the scholarship that they have implemented. So let's kind of wrap up this conversation around three things. One is the personal question that in the McKinsey study, they talked about 
the fact that it is much harder for women to get the same job. What has your experience been with applying to jobs yourself? And what would be your practical advice for women applying to jobs? Yeah, well, luckily, um, I there's not a huge amount of obstacles that I face or have faced when I apply for jobs. I don't know what it's like. I, I can see and have seen as a lawyer and an HR person what it's like to be a woman or to be uh, someone who's not in the highest on the pecking order, meaning from the employer standpoint. So I, I've been lucky. I, I haven't had to face that challenge. But knowing folks that do, both, as again, as an HR professional and as a lawyer in practice, I, I think that there is, there is some practical takeaways. And one is to find a mentor in the industry that is a woman that has been successful to find out what they've done to get there. They're going to understand. Um, they, there may be uh, gaps, you know, just depending on when they came up. Um, but they, they'll understand the plight. But the second is, which is a little bit less, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, something you would think of right away, is to find a mentor in the industry that's a man. Um, because that person also knows and how to succeed. And if you're able, as a woman, to communicate about the gap, and why and, and someone in, in his position is able to see, hey, this isn't right. Um, something is wrong here. They may affect the market uh, and make change, too, not just for you in your position, but for others. And I think that that's important if we're all acting together and making sure that people are educated, they understand and are not turning their backs on the issue. Uh, I think that that's our first step in, in tackling it. And I think that is a great first step to move forward from. So to wrap up the episode where we began, Burger King tweeted an inflammatory tweet about a very beautiful thing that ended up negating a lot of the progress. So for employers, what is what are some practical tips you have for making sure that the methods through which you present your company to other organizations and potential employees is healthy, beneficial, and appropriate? Well, I think if any company or any employer includes folks that might be impacted by the ad or by the policy or the practice, whatever they're going to do, um, include, include folks that may be impacted so that you can hear what they think about the approach. Um, and it may not be, you're not going to say, hey, we're going to talk to women because this is focused on, on a gender issue. No, talk to a bunch of people in your organization to see how everyone feels about it. Because it could very well be that others may be offended for somebody who's not. And just hearing them out and having them buy in will be important. Now, that's not going to make, make it so that mistakes aren't made. Who knows? Burger King could have vetted this out and everyone, you know, in the room has dry humor and thought this was just a perfect way. Uh, mistakes will happen, but uh, they will happen less often and you're able to fix them 
much more quickly if you're surrounding yourself with a diverse group of people that will give it to you straight. So as one of the main things that we talk about in this podcast is open communication and making sure that you listen to those who have a different perspective and background in order to get the best results, while me and Troy did find a little humor in the tweet and believe that there is benefits that can come from the scholarship that shouldn't be negated by a misinformed tweet on behalf of a business and that attention should be paid to the good that Burger King is trying to do. If there's reasons that any of our listeners disagree and would like to share with us, please feel free to reach out to us via Foster Group AZ on Instagram or the Foster Law Group on Facebook and let us know uh, where we fell short and provide more perspectives so that we can learn as to white men why we could be misinformed in our interpretation of it as well. Also, please use those channels that we just mentioned to ask us any legal questions that you would like answered on the podcast. We'll be opening up a new segment at the end of each episode where we answer some of the most pressing legal matters of our listeners so that you guys can get the information you'd need in a timely manner. So with all that being said, we do appreciate all of you that listen to us each week and learn more about the puzzling landscape of employment and healthcare law. And Troy, do you know what we're going to be talking about next week? Yeah, Joy. So next week, we're going to mix it up a bit. We're going to have our very own HR consultant, Liz McNamara, come aboard and talk to us about how to approach general HR issues, kind of a either some question and answer with her and get her insight on how businesses and how employees can really get their employee relations issue, issues handled quickly. Well, everyone, thanks again for tuning in to yet another episode of Legally Speaking WTF. We hope you enjoyed our conversation this week, and we hope you all look forward to learning about everything HR on next week's episode. Troy, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, listeners. Thanks, Joy. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>